0: You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center's Pastors Scott and Tina Witwam.
1: Praise the Lord. Go with me to Philippians 2, 9, and 10. I want to talk this morning about the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In Philippians 2, 9, and 10, it says, Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on the earth, and of those under the earth. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for the name of Jesus, and that you highly exalted him. Holy Spirit, this morning as we open the word, we ask that you bring revelation, that we can Understand that we are all that you have called us to be in your word. That you are all that you said you are in your word. And we give you praise, honor, and glory for this revelation. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Glory. What is in a name? You know, in America, in our culture, names are given not generally with significance. They're given out of, oh, I like the sound of that name. Or I think I'll make my own name up so my kid can be embarrassed all his life. Well, you remember the Johnny Cash song, you know, the name, My Name is Sue, you know. And so in America, there isn't necessarily a strong cultural significance to names but first off let's look at what proverbs tells us about a name in proverbs 22 1 it says a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches loving favor rather than silver and gold you know it's interesting because most of us didn't get to choose our name now, some may have changed their name, or you may have made the choice not to use your, your full name as it was given, you know. Uh, for me, you know, I don't use Scotty, I use Scott. You know, if you're, you know Christopher, Chris. So there's many times people use, you know, Jonathan is John. They, they, they choose their own name. They, they choose it for some reason in life. Me, it's because I thought I'd get picked on if I used the name Scotty. You know, but you know, when you're little, you make certain decisions in life. But to my mom, I was always what? Scotty, right? Because it's the name that she had chosen for me. You know, and sometimes names are given to people because, and those names don't carry honor. A good name is to be chosen. But when I bring up the name Scrooge, what does that mean to you? And you remember from the the story, the Christmas carol, about Scrooge. He was very miserly. He didn't believe in celebrating Christmas. He believed in getting every penny of work out of every person that he could get. And so, names can carry significance. Your name carries significance based upon what you have made of your name. You know, you can choose to have a name that carries character, that determines who you are in fact is in in Matthew 1 uh, 21 when the angel of the lord appeared unto Joseph remember this, this story, the story the the story of the birth of Christ Mary told Joseph hey you know i know we're only engaged but i'm pregnant you know and and in society today they don't think anything, they would not think anything about it you know that you know the significance of that but back in that society, in fact, it was 40 years ago, even in our society, that was significant. But under this culture, this was extremely significant. But the angel of the Lord came to Joseph and said, Hey, look, don't be concerned about taking Mary as your wife, for the child inside of her is of the Most High. And when he's born, because remember the naming of the of the child fell upon who the father. You shall call this child Jesus. I mean, we have an example of that. Remember when Elizabeth got pregnant and Zachariah was serving in the temple, they had to wait until John. I mean, until Zachariah wrote John's name down because they wouldn't take Mary or Elizabeth's word for it. Elizabeth said, no, his name's going to be John. And they're like, there's nobody in your family named John. Hey, Zechariah, man, you got to tell us. Is she she telling us the name of your child? And so the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and explained to him the name for which this child, Emmanuel, would be called. And the significance of that, I think... uh, Has repercussions throughout all Christendom. I mean, it's not just a name, it is the name. And we see in the Bible that names, all other names, held significance. You know, there was a a man that, that we know named Abram. Now, Abram was not the father of many nations. In fact, his Abram means father. That's what the name means. And when we see, we pick up the story of Abram, we see that he is a father, but he is not a father of significance. But when he makes a covenant with God, God changes his name from Abram to Abraham, the father of many generations a name of significance now remember at this time abram doesn't even have a legitimate child he does not have his promised child he does not have anything for which to build upon being the father of many nations or the father of a multitude and yet god came to him and said abraham you believed me And I'm accounting that to you for righteousness. And I am changing your name from Abram, father, to Abraham, the father of a multitude. You know, and the Lord goes on to tell him to, to, as the stars are of the sky or the sands of the seashore, shall be your generations. There was significance in the name in the new testament we see a very similar situation we see simon who's a a fisherman and um, you know simon means he has heard and so simon is is a fisherman he's going along he encounters jesus right and he follows jesus and he has an encounter with Jesus when the Lord asked him, Who does, does man say that I am? You know, and some of the uh, apostles said, Well, the prophets, some think you're, you're Elijah, some think that, that, that you're John, and, you know, and, and so on and so on. But Peter said, But you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, You know, the only way this could be revealed to you was by the Holy Spirit. He says, and upon this Petros, this small revelation, this small rock of truth, I'm going to build my church. And he changed his name from Simon to Peter, Petros, which means small rock or little rock. So see, the name, his name, had significance. And under, uh, and, and under this culture, names were significant. We, we see that even when we look back at uh, Native American history, we see the significance in names. That many times um, you know, tribes would name people after a certain event or maybe a certain characteristic in their life there would be a naming ceremony in order to put a name a good name upon an individual for a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches so now when the angel appears to Mary here in Luke 131 if you'll go there with me in Luke chapter 1 verse 31 when the angel Appears to Mary in Luke 131. He's it says here, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth the son. So the angel's talking to Mary and says, Hey, you're gonna have a baby, he's gonna, it's gonna be a boy, and you shall call his name Jesus. See, there's significance in this name. Now, obviously, in our society today. You know, there's people that have an awareness of Jesus being the son of God. Um, you know, but we also, you know, I mean, the first time I saw a guy wearing a tag and says, hi, my name is Jesus, you know, I was like, what? You know, Jesus. You know, in, in the, the uh, Hispanic culture, it is an honor to... To name your child after God. Now, in my, in my culture, the culture I grew up in, that would be offensive to name your child. You know, I don't know one Catholic that ever named their kid Jesus. You know what I mean? So, but this is a Jewish, it's a Jewish name. And it has significance. It has historical significance because it has great meaning. The name Jesus is translated properly Joshua. Now you remember when Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, there were two spies who went into the land that came back with a good report. Joshua and Caleb. Well, Joshua, properly, you know, pronounced, I guess, would would be Yeshua. Joshua, Yeshua, and Yeshua literally means Yahweh saves. So the angel of the Lord told Mary and also told Joseph that when this child is born, he is to be named Yahweh Saves. Now, remember, it wasn't until about 900 A.D. that vows were um, added to Yahweh. In fact, is the Hebrews used to say Hashem whenever they would come to the name of God. They would not pronounce, out of honor, they would not pronounce the name of God, and it wasn't until about 1400 that we actually find the English language with a J sound. So, in the English, we pronounce it Jehovah, with a J, Jehovah. So, you would be able to, to properly say that the name Jesus, the name Joshua. The name Yeshua literally means Jehovah saves. Go with me over to Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Now we just read this at the beginning. So now we see, therefore, God has also highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him a name which is above every name. What is that name? Yeshua saves. Jesus' literal name was salvation. So every time that he had an encounter with the Jews, they were literally confronting their own salvation. What are we to do with you, salvation? What are we to do with you, Yeshua? What are we to do with you? Now remember, what what are the Jews waiting for? The Jews are waiting for Yeshua. They are waiting for Yeshua Hamashiach, or Yeshua the Messiah. They are waiting for Jesus, the Christ, to appear. Christos, Christ. Mashiach. It literally means the anointed one of God. So there were other people, obviously, before Jesus named Jesus. Right? We have Joshua. There's a book written after him. There were also others who were named. In fact, in Acts, there was a sorcerer named Bar-Jesus. But there were other people named Jesus. The difference was that this Jesus... And the re- this salvation came with the anointing of God. See, God highly exalted him and gave him the name Jesus. For a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. God knew that we would need this name. God knew that we would need his name because there is strength in God's name. Now go with me to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. Proverbs 18, verse 10. I know you all know this verse. But it, here it says, The name of the Lord, Yahweh. The name of the Lord, Yahweh Adonai. This is the Lord God eternal, the name of the Lord God eternal. It is a strong tower. So when you think about the name of God, it is a mighty, impenetrable fortress, which means nothing can penetrate it, nothing can destroy it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And you know... Like Jericho, you remember when Joshua went in to the promised land and you have Jericho, it was a strong, considered a strong fortress. It didn't just have walls. It had walls that were so significant and so wide they could have chariot races on the top of those walls. I mean, this, this is a miracle of miracles, if you want to call, call it that. When God told them to take the city of Jericho, they didn't get trebuchets and start launching big boulders at these walls. They didn't get battering rams and try to drive these walls down. The biblical historical account is that they marched around the city, that they sang praises to God, that they blew the trumpet, and the walls of Jericho fell downward so that the army of Israel could overtake the land. See, it was a mighty fortress, Jericho. It was a strong tower. It only could be defeated by a supernatural means. And God is a supernatural tower. There is nothing in heaven and there is nothing on earth that can penetrate this tower. And what is this tower? The name of the Lord. And what does it say next? It says that the righteous, they run into it. They run into what? They run into his name. They don't go hide in His tower. They run into his name. Because his name is a strong fortress... It is something that there is no weapon formed against it that can prosper. The Bible says, even the tongues that rise against it shall fail. And so it says that the righteous, who are the righteous? Right? We are. If you've received Christ, you have taken on the coat of righteousness. You. you transferred your unrighteousness, and He made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we are to run into that name. That name is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. And what happens when you run into the name of the Lord? The Bible says you are saved. Why? Because that name, Yahweh, or the best modern translation, yad heh vav is the name that was given to Yeshua. So when you receive Christ, you take on that name. You run into that name. You become part of that name. Why? Because it's your salvation. It's your strong tower. The righteous run into it. And they are saved from every evil thing that may come against you. That's why there is no weapon formed against you that may prosper. That's why when the Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they are mighty through God. I mean, just think about this. Our our defense is the name of God. And it is a strong tower. Before you ever take up your breastplate of righteousness, before you ever gird your loins with truth, before you even prepare yourself with the shoes of peace, before you ever put on your helmet of salvation or take up the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, before you take up any of these things, before you spend one moment with the lance of the Spirit, which is intercession, before any of these things, we run into our strong tower. See, we're saved. We've won the battle before it even starts because the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it because we're smart, because the name of Yeshua is the name of salvation. We run into our salvation before we ever encounter this world. In 1 Corinthians 8, 6, it says, Yet for us there is one God, the Father of whom all things, and we for Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we live. See, our life is now, as, as born again believers, our life is in Jesus. And that name, the name of Jesus Christ, is our strong tower. Because that's where Jesus got his name from. He got his name from Yahweh. He got his name from the Father. He got his name. And we can run into it. And we can face every trial. We can face everything that comes at us in life by that name. For the name of the Lord is our sufficiency. You know what sufficiency is? That's having everything that you need. His name is our sufficiency. The word in the Greek, salvation, is sozo. And literally, it means all sufficient supply. Everything you need for your health, everything you need for your finances, everything you need for your relationships, everything you need for your spiritual relationship with God is found in. In sozo, salvation. And that's Jesus' name. He is the Lord that saves. Everything that we need. And so one of the the, the issues we have as believers is we're always looking in the wrong place. We're always looking for the, the... the answer at a, with a counselor. We're looking for a, a, an answer in our friends. We're looking at our our answer in our in our job or our boss or our our, our work or you know our spouse. We're always looking for the answers when our when our answer is right inside of us because it's our salvation. It's His name. It's the name that we took on. That's where our answer is. These other things are good aids. But they're not the answer. He is the answer. The name of Jesus. It's a name above all names. Go with me to John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. John 14, 13 and 14. And Jesus said, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. See, all-sufficiency, sozo, salvation, completeness. The Bible calls it the zoe kind of life. It's it's the life with everything that you need because it's been provided for you by the kingdom. I mean, that's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. He said, Father, our kingdom come as it is in heaven on earth. Our kingdom come, your will be done on earth just exactly as it is in heaven. Heaven is the pattern. Do you think Jesus ever was missing anything when he was in heaven? No. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says he was ever missing anything here on earth. Why? Because Our design is that we experience heaven on earth. See, this is preparation for us to learn how to live for our eternities. I mean, this is a pattern of things to come. God has provided everything we need for life and godliness in this world. In fact, it's so much so that Jesus said, just command or demand it in my name. He says, just ask. Just ask it, demand it. Remember in Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24, he said that if you will say it and you will believe it, you will have it. Those aren't my words. This isn't my words. And here in John, these are Jesus' words. Those are Jesus' words in the Gospel of Mark. He said, say unto your problem, be removed and cast away from you. And do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things that you say will come to pass, and you shall have what you say. Therefore, when you stand praying, believe that you receive the things that you said, and you will have them. And then here in John, he says, ask anything. Right? Brother Hagen used to say, you need to say it, but when you pray it, you also are saying it. So when you say it, you pray it. So when you pray it, go ahead and say it. Amen? Because he said, if you ask, if you say, I mean, last time my wife asked me something, she had to say it. I have not figured out the, this stuff. You know, you ever had your spouse give you airplane, aircraft hand signals and you have no idea where she wants you to park your 747 or what she's talking about? You're like, I do not understand the language you're speaking. You know? But see, when we say it, we direct. We direct it. That's why it's so important to be in in communication, to run into his name, to be in communication and fellowship with him. Because when you are in him, when the righteous are in him, They're just like, Jesus, remember we we just talked about this, the things that he said and did. They say the things that he says. They do the things that he did. And Jesus has said, my father and I are just sitting here waiting for you to ask us these things so that we can do them. Jesus said, man, please. He said, just just." Do what we said the way that we said it because we want to come and make our home on the inside of you. We want to be there with you. We want to celebrate because we want to experience in you through the Holy Spirit heaven on earth. Amen. Amen. There is power to change, power to create, and power to cancel things in Jesus' name. That's so awesome. There's power. In the name of Jesus. Why? Because there is salvation in no other name. The ability to save, to restore, to fulfill, to provide sufficiency, it's in that name. Amen? Go with me to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, and we'll start our uh, descent this morning. Hallelujah. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past To the Father by the prophets, to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, and the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by his word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, He sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. See, Jesus inherited his name from the Father by blood. He's God's birth son. He has God's name Yahweh, Yadhe Vavheh. He is our strong tower, He is our constant help in time of trouble. And God can be found in his name. See, his name reveals his character. When you call upon the name of Jesus, it reveals his character. Go with me here to Genesis 14, 18. Genesis 14, 18. In Genesis 14, 18, it says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God. Now, you've heard me read this scripture when we've been receiving communion. But I want you to think about this name, Melchizedek. Meleke means king. So Melchizedek, the first part of his name, means king. The second part of his name, Sedek, means righteousness. So the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Does that sound familiar to you? In Jeremiah 23, 6, the word Yahweh Sedeke is used. The Lord of righteousness. Jehovah, this is where we get the word, Jehovah Sikkenu. The Lord of righteousness. It's the same word, the same name. So Melchizedek, he was the king of righteousness. Jeremiah says that God's name is the Lord of righteousness. He calls him Yahweh, Sedek, or Jehovah Sikkenu, the Lord of Righteousness—the same name that in Genesis fourteen eight we find is Melchizedek, the Lord of Righteousness. The name of God. It goes on to say that he was the King of Salem. Now, how many of you know in Hebrew what Salem means? Peace. Peace. Jerusalem, the city of peace. He was the king of peace. His name, Melchizedek, meant king of righteousness, but he was the king of the city of peace. And in Jeremiah 23, 6, this same name is said to be the name of God, the Lord of righteousness. The name God. Of Jesus, is the Lord of righteousness or the King of peace? Now I didn't give this to them back there, but if you want to turn with me to Hebrews chapter seven verse three, I think it's this is probably is a, a good a time as any to, to read this. Hebrews seven, verse three. I love this verse in Hebrews. He says. He was without father and without mother. He was without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, and he remains a priest continually. Who's it talking about? Verse 7-1, it says it's talking about Melchizedek that's why i think communion when we when we read out of genesis 14:8 when we're taking communion we're reading about abram's encounter with jesus christ before he was even born the manifestation of god's word the manifestation of god's righteousness the king of righteousness see there's something significant in a name there's something significant in a name and see, we are to put on this name. We are, we are not only to put the, this name on, we are to become this name. In Philippians 2, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, it says, Let this mind be in you. That means, let this understanding be in you. Let this thought be in you, which... ...was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross... Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at that name of Jesus every knee should bow, and those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, God gave Jesus his name. God gave him the authority in the name of Jesus, and Jesus has given you his name. The name of Jesus. He said, ask anything in my name. He gave us his name. In Acts chapter 4, what do the apostles do? They say, Lord, stretch out your hand to heal in the mighty name of Jesus. They used his name. When John and uh, Peter were walking through the gate called Beautiful, the man stared at him seeking to receive something. And what what did they say? They said, silver and gold don't we have, but this name, the name of Jesus we have, rise and walk. See, he's given us his name. In Acts 4, 10 and 12, it says, Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel, That by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become our chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 13 through 16, it says, He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the wine presses of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And again, there is no other name by which salvation comes. Not under heaven, among men but Jesus by which one would be saved. The name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's life in the name of Jesus. And to think he made it so easy. He said, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. I mean, that's it. So if you're here today or watching today, All you have to say is, Jesus, come into my heart. I make you Lord. I believe that you are the Son of God. That you died for me. You forgive me of my sins. And the Bible says that you are born again. That's what Jesus said. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. It's that simple. There's no fancy script. It's just about making Jesus Lord of your life. He's the King of kings and Lord of Lord anyways. He's the Lord whether you receive Him or not. So why not take the opportunity to receive Him into your heart? In Jesus' name,
0: amen? You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Witwam. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, according to Romans 10, 9, your word says, if I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480-545-4321. That's 480-545-4321 or by email at info at valorcc.com. That's info at valorcc.com or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, 85296.